Good evening and welcome to episode 17 of the Ecuador Insider Podcast. I'm Darnell Dunham, joined here by my business partner, Jesse Bayer. We've got an exciting show for you, uh, including um, a guest speaker, Ben Berger of MLS Ecuador and PropertyShelf.com. Uh, before we get into that, we're going to go over some business. Uh, first of all, you can reach us at www.abequador.com. That's A as in Apple, B as in boy, dot com. Toll free line, 888-999-0948. Or you can re- reach us via email at info at abequador.com. Again, joining us today is Ben Berger. Um, ben is the founding partner, CFO, and business development manager for Latin America at PropertyShelf.com. Property Shelf is a regional, works with regional organizations to develop real estate, market data tracking, reporting, and the property and development management solutions to help build efficiencies and standardizations in the local real estate industry. Uh, PropertyShelf.com is a majority owner of MLS Ecuador. So Ben will be chatting with us a little bit about his background, uh, more about the MLS service here in Ecuador. There's a lot of misconceptions out there that Ecuador doesn't in fact have an MLS, so Ben will get into that a little bit, as well as his outlook on the market and anything else he'd like to share. So uh, without further ado, Ben, thanks for joining us, and uh, we appreciate you being here. Um, how, um, how did you end up moving here to Ecuador? Okay. Hey, ben, you hey, there Darnell. with us? I, I sure am. Darnell, thanks, thanks so much for having me on today. Um, I got started with Property Shelf back in 2009. Uh, a buddy of mine um, partnered up with a German firm, a software firm. And uh, we started off in Costa Rica looking to build more sophisticated uh, technology tools for a market that, that really seemed to be lacking. Um, we started in Costa Rica and expanded to, to Nicaragua, Panama. Um, in 2011, I arrived in Ecuador and absolutely just fell in love with it. So we, we relocated here, and I've been I've been managing things here ever since. Oh, cool! And uh, you said we. Who did you relocate here with? I came here by myself, but at this point, uh, my my wife and brother-in-law are both an active part of the company, and we've hired uh, Ecuadorians um, who've taken on a very active role in in running MLS Ecuador. Hey, hey, Ben, when you say that some of the market tools in Costa Rica were lacking, can you expound on that a little bit in terms of what you found there and what you thought um, you guys could bring to the market in that way? I think it was very a very similar situation that we walked into in Costa Rica as we, we found in Ecuador. There wasn't a central database that real estate agents were using. There wasn't a lot of cooperation between real estate agents. Um, there weren't good tools to, to provide uh, market comparables. And when we got to Costa Rica, it was a, I mean, in 2009, Costa Rica had been a very, very hot market right. for the last eight to 10 years. So we saw, we saw just huge numbers um, and huge quantities of, of international money coming into Costa Rica, and specifically Costa Rica real estate. And yet, the the more sophisticated tools that we'd we'd seen in in, in the in the United States really since the late seventies, early eighties, when when people started cooperating and using the MLS framework, um, it still wasn't there at that time. So we, we sought to change that. 
Yeah, because I know, um, you know, Darnell usually deals with the listings on uh, MLS in Ecuador, but I, I know just from chatting with him that you guys have a very detailed um, fields in terms of like the layout of each listing. There's there's a whole array of information that you have to enter in order to list the property, which I think is really useful. Um, that's really something that you know, we saw the same thing when we came to Ecuador, more specifically southern Ecuador, as far as just what a lack of information there was internationally as far as being able to access listings and get good information on them. So I, you know, I know from my perspective, you guys are really doing great work in terms of bringing that piece of the market to Ecuador. Thank you. We, we've tried to be an agent first system. Um, a lot of times when people are just browsing properties, really what they're looking for is, is images. And so there are a lot of classified sites that really are just focused on quick, easy listing entry, image-heavy content. Um, but at the same time, if, if you know, you've got two real estate agents trying to work together to co-op on a property, both sides need to understand you know, all of the questions. They need to be, be able to answer the questions that a, that a typical buyer might have. So we've tried to we've tried to have a very comprehensive data set for all properties, but at the same time, um, you know there is that need to to be user friendly, and we've tried to balance this too. And Ben, for people who are not familiar with it, can you just explain um, exactly what a multi listing service is and what it does? the The concept of a multiple listing service. Uh, was was being utilized in the U.S. way before there was even an, an internet. Um, you know, in, in the 70s, it started off as a, a phone line, and people were calling in and saying, okay, there was an operator and said, okay, I, I've got a buyer here, and I need to find a property that's three bedrooms in this neighborhood that's between you know, and $220,000. What do you have? And that person would have a written down database and they would provide them with the property information that was available. So it was really <laughs> that's, that, that is that, so interesting. I did that, not know that. That unified database. And then it and then it went on to being a book that they printed out every week. And they somebody drove around and passed it to all the real estate agents' office. And obviously with the internet, I mean it's it's much more sophisticated to the point that we we totally take it for granted. Um, you know, you can a real estate agent across the country can make a change, and it's updated across twenty five websites. Um, the the core of the MLS is that two real estate agents can work together. One represents the buyer, one represents the seller, um, and there's not a need to list with with forty different real estate agents. You list it once; it's in the system. And every other real estate agent, if they have the buyer that's looking for that kind of property, can go in the system, whether it's internet-based, phone-based, book-based, and, and find the right property for their buyer. So if you have a great relationship um, with a client that you meet in Loja, but maybe they don't even know whether they're going to buy in, in Loja or Cuenca or, or Cotacachi, if you have that relationship with them, if, if, they, if they like working with you, you should be a perfect property for them, whether whether or not it's in your area, um, because you'll have that relationship, you'll have that platform where you're in a position to co-op with with real estate agents across the country, and that's and that's really what what the core idea of the MLS is. And that's just been really invaluable to us. Um, 
And that's what we feel we bring to the table. And that's really been our sort of pitch to our clients here in, in Ecuador who are really not, for the most part, accustomed to signing exclusive listings. Uh, we feel that that puts us in the best position to represent their interest and get the best outcomes possible. And so that's been something that we've included in our marketing materials. And working with agents through MLS has just been a, um, it's been a, a real help for us. So uh, we appreciate everything that you're doing there. Um, secondly, related to MLS, why is it that so many people think that there's no MLS service in Ecuador? Can you address that? In the U.S., which is where the, UL, the MLS really dominated, there's, there is that culture of exclusivity. Um, you know, 99% of properties are represented by one single agent. Uh, that agent lists the properties on the system. And the, the culture in Ecuador just isn't like that. And we ran into this in Costa Rica and Panama and Nicaragua and everywhere that we operate. And without that culture of exclusivity, what you end up having is, you know, I, I know a lot of real estate agents that, that are representing 150, 200 properties on their own. And these aren't big companies. These are, this is a single person, you know, may not even be operating out of an office. I mean, this may just be a home office. And yet they feel like they've got 200 listings. They've got sellers, as far as they can tell, out the wazoo. And every buyer is, is precious. Every buyer is gold. So they have this sense, because there's not exclusivity, because sellers are listing with, with 20, 30 different agents, um, it's the buyers that they value. So they love the idea of somebody else bringing them buyers, but they're not really willing to let their buyers go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think the core of that is this idea of, of exclusivity. One seller, one real estate agent. Um, and that's something that we're working on. Obviously, the MLS works a lot better in, uh, in an environment where the majority of, of the, the users are operating in these kind of exclusive arrangements. We've had to make compromises. Um, you know, you can't change a culture overnight. And so we basically said, look, within the MLS, only one person can represent a property. And we've tried to teach people the advantages and the ways, because I think most real estate agents love exclusivity, that, that they don't know how to get it. Right. And so we've tried to we've tried to work through the real estate associations to edu have them educate their members on what are the arguments for exclusivity. And I've seen more listings that that seem to be going that route. And really, I've seen more agents that have that have picked up on how to argue that have learned that you know they can make. They, uh, I would say that real estate there's more real estate agents that are learning how to to make the arguments. And make the case for having exclusive listings. And I think as that happens more and more, the, the MLS is going to take root more and more. And I mean, really, you know, we can obviously talk about this, you know, from within the industry. But, you know, we're really not that important when it comes down to it. The important people are the folks who are buying and selling real estate. Um, and really from the buyer's perspective, it's traditionally been very difficult to find pertinent, accurate information on property in Ecuador. And, you know, that's something we've tried to bring to the market. I think that's something you guys are absolutely bringing to the market. 
Um, and I think really from the buyer's perspective, that's what's interesting about services and companies like yourself and, and like us um, is just to just really to have that access because, you know, it wasn't very many years ago that uh, and I still in fact, it's still that way to some degree um, that the vast majority of real estate was sold through word of mouth locally as opposed to any other way. So, you know, that's something that in terms of your site, in terms of what we're trying to do, that's something that I think is really valuable for, for people who are thinking about Ecuador as a place to live in and may or may not speak the language, may or may not be here um, on the ground looking for properties, but are, are nonetheless looking for properties, as would be the case in the States or in most of the world, however, hadn't been um, to a large degree in Ecuador in, in, the re in recent history. I, I think our I think our MLS is a great place to go to for for good comparables. If you're out of the country and you're trying to make a decision about whether or not Ecuador is right for you, or we have a large number of our buyers that are that are looking between three or four different country uh, countries to, to decide right. where they might want to retire. And uh, while while there are other portals that are out there that um, have a good number of properties. One of the advantages in, in terms of providing good comparables that we have is that all of our properties are represented by real estate professionals. Um, with the other portals, which are really advertising first and agent second, you get the majority of properties listed by the owners themselves. You know, and I, I, think, I think owners might have a very different idea on what their property is worth then if they went through an agent and the agent was able to say, okay, look, this is, this is what the market's doing. This is the real value of your home. Take it or leave it. If you, if you insist that your $100,000 home is worth $250,000, we are not going to represent you. That kind of property doesn't end up on our MLS, whereas it might on, on a portal that would allow that, that homeowner to advertise directly. So I, I do think I do think you know we've got we've got about twenty five hundred properties on our system right now, and I think you know they represent we've got properties in 15, 15 different provinces in Ecuador. Um, and I, I do think it's it's a great tool um, for somebody that's that's just starting to look at Ecuador right off the bat to get a sense of what's out there, how much they're they're going to pay, and you know to find to find really good comparables within the market. That was uh, very diplomatic of you, Ben. The owner who uh, you know who puts up their who thinks that their property is worth maybe a little bit more than what the market will bear. <laughs> I I can say uh, I know I can speak for Jesse in in uh, in this is that we come across that all the time, and we end up having to turn down listings a lot of times because of that, or in some cases because it, it, people as a, aren't. As a homeowner, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, speaking speaking as a homeowner. You know, I'm, I might have a $90,000 house, and if it only costs me $35 to put a listing up on a website, I may not be looking to sell for what I know, what I suspect that the price of my home is worth. But if I'm just throwing in $35, you know, I'll list it for $250, and just, who knows, it's a lottery ticket, right? Right. But as soon as, as, soon as it has to go through a real estate agent, I think you get much more much more reasonable comparables because you guys aren't going to waste your time listing a property, promoting a property, taking the incredible photos that you guys are known for on a property that's not priced correctly. And Ben, um, talk to us a little bit about, about the market in general, because 
I mean, it's been an interesting time. We've been in Ecuador for nearly three years. We've seen a lot of change in the time that we've been here. I think you've been here a little bit longer than we have. Um, you know, at the current time, we have an election coming up in 2017. We have oil prices low. We have the government cutting spending. We have banks not lending. Um, the loans that people have taken out over the last, you know, five to 10 years have are, are all uh, in, in high interest, what we would consider high interest in, in places like the States. Um, and it's kind of an interesting time in the market. I think uh, at least in the area that we are, prices have fallen um, to some degree since 2012. There was kind of a hot stretch there for some period of time. And then um, over the as, as this kind of crisis, so to speak, has uh, has enveloped Ecuador. We've seen some some falling prices. We've seen stre- homeowners who are selling under a bit of stress, uh, some distressed properties. What are you seeing overall in, in the market from your perspective? Um, and, and of course, you know, mar- real estate is local. So I know you're based in Cuenca, but I know you've lived on the coast and in other places. So maybe you could talk specifically about Cuenca and maybe a little bit about um, you know, the country overall, because I know you have your finger on the pulse, but what are you, what are you seeing in terms of the real estate market in Ecuador and some of the trends as far as prices and things of that nature? Well, I do think you were correct saying that the market in general in Ecuador is pretty hot. So Ben, we, we cut out there for a second, uh, bad internet connection, as good as the internet is here in Ecuador, which it is, it is, you know, that's actually kind of a misnomer of people. People kind of think of Ecuador as a third world country, um, at least in their minds, you know, maybe from Hollywood or, or whatever else they've seen. And in terms of infrastructure and all those kinds of things, it's really, um, you know, first world in, in, in most ways. Um, but anyhow, I was asking you about um, your experiences in the market. Um, I had, I had um, just mentioned to you in terms of phrasing the question about some of the economic difficulties that Ecuador is going through as far as low oil prices and the job market and banks not lending so much. And, you know, we've seen some prices in real estate um, fall here in the Loja area um, on, for at least for some, certain types of properties. Um, and I'm just wondering what you've seen overall, you know, having your finger to the pulse of the market uh, in Cuenca, where you live, but I, you know, you've lived in lots of other places, and obviously you run MLS, so you have your, you know, you you, you have you have the pulse of the market uh, nationwide. So I just wanted to get a sense from you of what you're seeing in terms of trends in, in prices and in the real estate market overall. Okay. Well, well, first of all, I think you're absolutely right. There is there is a bit of a perfect storm happening in Ecuador with low oil prices probably sparking everything. Um. Every, everything that you've said is absolutely true. Um, we've seen a lot of a lot of banks, you know, say approving people for loans locally, and then saying you're approved, but you know we can't distribute the money for another ten months, twelve months, and stuff like that. Obviously, is putting downward pressure on the market. I mean, there's no there's no two ways about it. Um, I've seen certain cases where prices have dropped considerably. I've seen other cases where the same properties on the market and you know it hasn't moved at all even though every, everyone else around it is and you know you wonder you want to go to that person and say well how do you how do you expect to get that much in this market because it's it's clearly not 
the market that it was three years ago. And there, and there are a lot of people that look at it and say, you know, I don't need to sell. And, and of course, that's fine, but it still means that, you know, you see properties that are priced like it's still 2012, and you see other properties that are priced, you know, which actually account for, for what's actually going on. Um, something that uh, my partner's father, who was a very successful real estate investor, once told me is that to make money in real estate, uh, you don't make money on the, the sell, you make money on the buy. And what I took that to mean is, you know, go out and find the great deal. You know, don't, don't buy just anything on the market and assume that it's going to go up. Um, find find the, the super deal. And I think, I think they're out there. You know, we have seen some properties which are radically reduced in price. You, it, it should be a buyer's market right now. But that's not to say that everything is priced as such. Um, in terms of traffic that we see on MLS Ecuador, the coast, the coast is still, um, you know, the most, the most popular place for for international buyers, we see tons of, you know, especially in the wintertime, uh, we see tons of American and Canadian buyers, snowbirds that are that are looking for their, their beach getaway, which is, you know, three months, four months of wintertime, wintertime vacation and at the same time an investment property. We see a lot more traffic recently um, for people looking for, for fincas, farmland, and uh, I know you guys should be benefiting from that. Um, you all have a, a wonderful zone down in the Loja area that's extremely fertile. Um, great prices for, for fincas and that sort of property. Uh, I've, I've seen the city prices um, drop considerably, so I think there, there are definitely deals to be had there. But uh, it's, it's, all about, it's all about being patient and finding the right seller that needs to sell and, you know, taking advantage. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen a, uh, a big uptick in, in people looking for farmland, and, and that's really our bread and butter in, in this part of the country. Um, properties in the city here, I think here specifically in Loja, people have been less ready to lower the prices wholesale you know there might be i think what's really changed here is that people have lowered their bottom line of what they're willing to take while at the same time not lowering the asking price so that's sometimes from <laughs> that sounds that sounds very good from people who are outside of the country asking prices tend to have a lot more weight whereas here in ecuador and maybe you can speak to this a little bit then it seems to me as though asking prices just don't hold as much weight um, and, and don't necessarily need to. We have a sense in the U.S. of, of what a serious offer would be. And really, you know, if, if you're not within 5%, 7% of the asking price, you know, there's almost a sense of, you know, don't, don't insult us. Mm -hmm. And... And here in Ecuador, as, as you all know, you know, I, I see, I've seen offers be accepted that were literally 20% of the asking price. Now, that's not 
a standard. And I certainly don't want you guys to get bombarded with offers that are twenty percent of the standing of the the asking price. But, you but mean, that culture does exist here. <laughs> yeah, and certainly fifty to eighty percent of the asking price is not out of the realm of you know normality. Right. Right. It really, just depends so, on the type of property that it is. You know, I found in my experience. And, you know, Jesse, you know, feel free to jump in on this. But with rural properties, you tend to have much more wiggle room in yeah. terms of prices. Absolutely. Whereas in the city, there tends to be more transactions. Um, and so, you know, prices are definitely, you know, generally tighter. Yeah. The market is better understood. Right. Really, because of what you're saying, there's more transactions. Hey, Ben. Um, so... You've lived on, you're, you're in Cuenca now, you've lived on the coast. Tell us a little bit about the things you like and maybe don't like about Cuenca, the things you liked and maybe don't like about the coast. You know, what are the places in Ecuador that you recommend to people or that you really had good or, good or bad experiences in? This, this country is extremely diverse. Um, we've, we've been fortunate enough to travel all over. We've, we've time in the jungle, we've spent a good bit of time in the mountains, and a good bit of time on the coast as well. And, and all three of them, you know, have the things that are great about them and the things that are not so great about them. Sure. Um, I, I, I love the beach. Um, I'm a bit of a beach bum. Um, if I was, I was looking to retire and just wanted, you know, the days to flow by and enjoy walking around barefoot all the time, uh, Ecuador has some absolutely fantastic beaches for some great deals. Um, I particularly liked Alone, um, which is where we live. It's about uh, two kilometers north of Montanita, right on the route to Del Sol. Um, that proximity to Montanita I really liked because Montanita is a bit of a party town, great restaurants, great nightlife, but you're outside of it. Um, so you're not right in the middle of it 24-7. Um, there are some other beaches in that area, um, Ayangue, Ayampe, Curia. Um, which I think are great as well. Salinas is its own thing. It's sort of a large town, small city, a uh, huge expat community, great prices on condos. Um, you know, it's one of those places where you can still find an ocean view condo for, you know, a hundred, hundred thousand, two bedrooms, 120,000, two bedrooms. Um, so there's, we see a lot of, uh, retirees, expats looking at that area. Um, I absolutely love Cuenca. Cuenca has been known as, you know, the best place to retire in the world on a budget for, for some time. And I, I think that's absolutely true. We, we live on a farm about, a, you know, about 4,000 meters. Um, we've got a greenhouse, we've got chickens and guinea pigs. And, um, it's really, a an incredible life that I, I've really enjoyed. Um, at the same time, we're 20, 20 minutes away from Cuenca where, you know, they're absolutely world-class restaurants, um, tons to do great expat community. Loja and the surrounding area. Um, I, I love as well. I think that would be my first place that I'd be looking if I was looking for looking to buy acreage, buy a good amount of farmland, um, extremely fertile soil, great prices. Um, I've seen some incredible villas that you guys are marketing that just are mind-blowing. It would be hard for me to, to have a preferred area, I think. 
um, because there are so many, so many great, great features of everywhere that we've lived, everywhere that we've known. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly something we like a lot about Ecuador is just how varied it is and how, really how sweet it is in, in every area. I mean, you know, you can go to Quito or Guayaquil and be in an international city. You can go to the Orient and be in the jungle. You can go to the coast and, and have that, which I really enjoy as well. I, I also, uh, you know, I've never been a beach bum, but I would like to be one. <laughs> He's an aspiring beach I'm bum. Aspi- <laughs> right. And, you know, obviously um, <laughs> the Sierra and the mountains are just incredibly beautiful. And, 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 you know, you've got great weather all over the country. So we really feel the same way um, in some of those things. We kind of settled on our area really for some of the reasons that you mentioned in terms of the availability of land and the prices and also the lack of sort of natural disaster stuff as far as volcanoes and and earthquakes and things like that. Um, But it's interesting to hear your perspective on those things. And and alone certainly is a hot area where a lot of uh, expats are are going, but there's really areas all over the coast. Um, You know, I, I don't I don't think it's. I don't think Ecuador really offers world class, um, you know, beach experience. You know, you don't have turquoise water and white sand, but you've got very cheap prices and, and very nice um, in certain areas. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of an interesting dichotomy in that way. I, I think that's absolutely correct. You know, coming from coming from Costa Rica, where you had this beautiful turquoise water and white sand right up to the beach. Um, you know, there were, there were people we visited there that were just beyond, beyond compare, but there were also, you know, it was million dollar homes everywhere you looked. Um, Ecuador, Ecuador's beaches still, still are accessible to, you know, a, a middle-class retiree. And I think that's what's bringing a lot of people down here. And speaking of that, Ben, I know that at Property Shelf, you guys are involved in a lot of countries that are attracting interest from expats, particularly from the United States. In your opinion, how does Ecuador stack up with some of the areas that are attracting a lot of interest, places like Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Panama, Colombia? In terms of, in terms of our traffic out, Ecuador is blowing everywhere else away. Really? Um, absolutely. Absolutely, and that's and that's not to say that's just that's just interest, and I think it's I think a lot of that's price point, um, cost of living in general. Um, but yeah, we see we see Ecuador as Ecuador is consistently ranked as you know number one or number two of, of the best places in the world to retire, and we we see that reflected with our traffic. Oh, that's really interesting and good to know for people who are who are um, who are considering coming relocating or retiring or having a second home in this part of the world uh, that's certainly been our experience with some of the inquiries that we get that people are tend to be fairly price conscious here or you know in the market at this point yeah I, I think that's true I think that's true um, you know, if if money's if money's not an option, you know, Costa Rica's there. Um, you know, the Bahamas are there. They're they're they're, they're Caribbean beaches. And I think I think there are a lot of a lot of Americans, Canadians that have visited the Caribbean beach, and that's not what Ecuador is. Um, Ecuador has a, a very laid back vibe. Um, 
a great standard of living, a great cost of living, and you know it's it's a great place to be. But I, I I have seen people that have come down here, sort of trying to compare it to, you know, where they went on their cruise six years ago. And and I think if that's what you're looking for in Ecuador's beaches, you might be disappointed. Now, I, have, I have a good friend who who spent a long time in Costa Rica, uh, came down to to Ecuador alone, visited that area, the the Ruta del Sol, southern Ecuador coast. Okay. And at that point, when he was down here, he, he saw, saw prices beachfront, you know, 50, 60 a meter. Right. And he made the mistake of trying to compare the beach to Costa Rica and what he'd seen there. And he said it was one of the biggest regrets that he's had here in Ecuador. And this is somebody who's been very successful business-wise. He said one of the biggest regrets that he's had in Ecuador was not recognizing that this is incredibly affordable beach property um, because he was stuck comparing it. Well, in Costa Rica, it was prettier, or here it was prettier. Well, yeah, that may be true, but it's 10 times as expensive. Right. And, you know, for the majority of us, cost, cost is a factor. It's a, it's a dominant factor. And... So, you know, it's, um, it's something everyone has to figure out for themselves, I guess, is the best way to leave it. Sure. And, I mean, I've even found uh, oceanfront lots in, for example, in Puerto Cayo um, for, you know, for even less than that, for $40 a, a square meter, um, you know, probably could even be had maybe for a little bit less. Um, so, you know, those, those opportunities are certainly there. Um, there's exceptionally inexpensive beachfront um, and, and some of the beaches are very nice. You know, yeah, certainly not white sand and turquoise water, but still very nice. And I, I think you can't underestimate the expat communities that are, that are here. I mean, they're, they're really great people that you meet, um, really great communities where there has been really good integration between, between locals and, and expats. I think Alone is a great example. I think Cayo is another great example. Um, so, you know, it's there's a lot to there's a lot to consider with when you're making that decision. For sure. And um, in terms of, and I think this has kind of been a theme throughout this whole um, podcast here, Ben. But anything that any advice that you would give to people who are considering purchasing property in Ecuador, things that they should look out for questions that they should maybe ask themselves to find out if Ecuador is the right place for them? I've got to be careful in how I respond to this, but I'll, I'll be as honest as I can. Okay. Um, we like honesty. First, first, of all, <laughs> first of all, the the advice that you'll hear from, from people a lot is rent before you buy. I think that's great advice, um, if you, especially if you're coming down here as as an expat, especially if you haven't lived overseas before, give yourself six months. Um, just just make sure you know what you're getting into. You know, I've seen so many people, and not and it's not just Ecuador; it's everywhere. We we see the same turnaround in Costa Rica and Nicaragua, um, where you have people that come down and and it seems like a fantasy, it seems like a dream, it all seems too good to be true, and then and then it is. 
And, you know, you can, as, as, a, as attractive as real estate prices are in so many areas, the rental prices are very attractive as well. Um, you know, if, you're, if, if someone's serious about coming down here full time and making this their retirement destination, and especially if, especially if they're talking about investing a large amount of their life savings, just rent for a little bit. Uh, make sure, make sure this is something that that they're going to enjoy and, and they're going to appreciate long term. Uh, uh, another bit of advice I would say is there's a law in Ecuador right now that requires all developments to run through a fiduciary. Uh, that would be like an escrow account for us. Um, some of them do and some of them don't. I would highly recommend um, if you're going to buy into a event, especially a, a development that's early stages, that you you confirm that they are running through a fiduciary because you know it is risky, especially especially when you're when you're dealing with internet developers. Um, I, we haven't seen it with with Ecuadorian developers nearly as much, but I'm sure it's out there. But we've 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 seen a few just major fails by American developers, Canadian developers, and that's I, I don't want to paint with broad strokes here. We've seen some fantastic successes with American developers and Canadian developers. But I would say try to try to push your developer if you want to buy in a community to use that escrow, use that fiduciary. Um, it's a it's an important pretend that's that's available to you. It's available to you under the law. Um, and and personally I would I would steer clear of anything that wasn't utilizing that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, you know, as we always tell people and as we exist as a company to help people with, it's really what I'm hearing from you is, you know, do your due diligence, um, whether that includes, you know, renting and seeing if you like the place, but also, you know, doing your due diligence on the entire purchase and sales process and what you're buying into and, you know, how the visa works and all those kinds of things. I think that's correct. You know, take your time. If you if you come down here and you don't speak Spanish, there are plenty of people here. They, they call them facilitators that are really here to help you. Um, there there's a great online community of expats down here that you know you should plug into long before you come down. Um, so much advice is available. So many people share their mistakes, and you know I I know so many people that this has been been a dream. I'm true for they moved down here and they absolutely love it and they would never go anywhere else. And you know, I think I think all of the information was out there and people were a little more cautious before they jumped. Um, everyone could have that experience. So, um, Ben, before we wrap up, um, so they can find you guys at mls-ecuador.com. You guys are in Spanish and English, correct? That's correct. I think we're the we're the largest portal right now in Ecuador that has things in both languages. Um, again, that's mls-ecuador.com. And yeah, we've got a we've got a great variety of properties. Some great agents. Um, the agents that use our systems all have gone through the the real estate licensing course that's here in Ecuador, which I think is is a huge advantage for them. Um, you know, we've, we, there are a lot of American real estate agents that come down here that, you know, are ready to, 
ready to sell to Americans. And I think there's a big difference between the ones that have gone through the course, learned Ecuadorian law, um, learned how to navigate not just sales in general, but the Ecuador system. Um, so, yeah, we'd swing by the website, mls-ecuador.com, and uh, check it out. Great. Well, yeah, do you want to add something? Go ahead, Darno. Yeah. Well, um, anything else you'd like to plug while you got you on the line here, Ben? <laughs> No, we really, in, in all seriousness, we, we really appreciate you joining us. But seriously, do you have anything else that you want to, to, to cover before we wrap up? No, it's, it's been a pleasure, Darnell and Jesse. Um, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk tonight. Yeah, well, Ben, thank you so much. And again, um, people can find your website at mls-ecuador.com. Um, you can find us at abequador.com, A is an apple, B is in boy, Ecuador.com. And uh, we thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, many thanks to you, Ben, for, for being with us. We uh, Great show. We really appreciate your time. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Take care. All right. All the best. All right. Thank, thanks, Ben. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you, guys. Have a great night. Drink some clue before me. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Cheers. Bye-bye.